You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Frederick Quinney Lawson Ballet West Academy is excited to announce their summer programs. Come explore Salt Lake City and all that Ballet West has to offer. We are launching an exciting chapter in 2023 under Academy Director Evelyn Cisneros-Legate with the return of our strong summer programs and year-round professional training division. This year, we will also have student housing beginning August of 2023. A variety of summer programs are available for students ages 9 and up. Our flagship program at the downtown Salt Lake City campus begins June 13th with five- and three-week options. Auditions across the nation in partnership with Artie Motion begin in January with 22 audition cities. Students are given the unique opportunity to train with master faculty, including guests from the main company and special visitors like Karen Averty and Megan Fairchild. Start your journey to Ballet West Academy today at academy.balletwest.org and use code BWPOD, that's B-W-P-O-D, for $5 off your audition fee. Hi everyone, Michael here. I just wanted to let you know about two very exciting events that I'll be moderating here in New York City. The first is with our longtime collaborator, Works in Process, on Sunday, January 22nd at the Guggenheim. I'll be interviewing choreographer Troy Schumacher, Pulitzer-nominated writer Karen Russell, and composer Ellis Ludwig-Leon about their collaborative, dance-driven musical theater work, The Night Falls. The following day, Monday, January 23rd, I'll be moderating a discussion at the David H. Koch Theater at Lincoln Center with choreographer and Tony Award winner Justin Peck about his first full evening work, Copeland Dance Episodes, featuring live performances from the dancers of the New York City Ballet. Tickets can be found for each of these programs at guggenheim.org slash initiatives slash works dash process and nycballet.com slash educate slash public dash programs slash inside dash nycb. Welcome to Conversations on Dance. Before we get started, be sure to subscribe to the podcast through your favorite app to be automatically notified of new episodes when they go live. While you are there, please take a moment to leave us a review. Leaving a review takes just a second and goes a long way in helping us grow the podcast and supports us in this endeavor. We appreciate you joining us today. Now, let's get to the episode. 
I'm Rebecca King-Ferraro. And I'm Michael Sean Breeden, and you're listening to Conversations on Dance. On today's episode of Conversations on Dance, we are joined by New York City Ballet soloist Marinade Don. Mira joins us for a special bonus episode discussing her role as a central ballerina in Justin Peck's upcoming premiere, Copeland Dance Episodes. She gives us an inside view of New York City Ballet's first non-narrative full-length premiere since George Balanchine's Jewels, discussing the creative process, her character's emotional arc, and what audiences can expect to see at the premiere this January 26th at the David H. Koch Theatre. Hi, Mira. Thank you so much for joining us on the eve of winter season. You've got a big um, moment or two coming up, so <laughs> we're really excited to talk to you about it. Thanks for having me. Excited to be back. <laughs> um, I was thinking maybe just before we get diving into winter season, I wanted to hear a little bit how your um, ankle surgery recovery went. I'm hoping oh, that yeah. you're fully recovered now. Last time we talked, you were kind of in the midst of it. How did it mm-hmm. go? Yeah, so um, I saw Michael in Vail, and in Vail, I was still on flat and kind of starting to do point for center and bar. Um, but I ended up doing fall season, and like you know, you I you know you got the surgery. Like recovery, it's not like all of a sudden you're better. So it's still like working on the scar tissue and all that stuff. But I've been able to go back to my full rep and not really thinking about it when I'm dancing, and it does require a lot of maintenance. Um, but yeah. we're getting there. So I'm very happy I did it much better than before. Good. It feels better. Good. Good. I'm glad to hear that. That's great. Right. And I'd love to hear a little bit about your Nutcracker season because you did debut in Sugar Plum, which sadly I had to miss this year. But like I always say, the good thing is Nutcracker comes back. Mm -hmm. So um, what was your what was your experience doing that beautiful potata? Yeah, I mean, it's like, obviously such a dream role. So it was really exciting to get to do like that music is just the best. So it was really fun. And yeah, I'm excited to keep on like growing in it and revisiting it. Was that something that you had learned in the school? Like, it was it kind of in your body? Yeah, I mean, yeah, like you work on little sections in part of the class at SAB. So that was fun. Actually, Gilbert Bolden III and I, we used to partner at SAB and we're going to do the family Saturday together, which would have been really fun. And then he ended up getting COVID. So we didn't do it together. But <laughs> oh, that's so... So how many shows did you have? I had two. That's mm-hmm. great. That is really cool about Nutcracker. Like Michael said, it comes around. You kind of, you will mm-hmm. grow in it your whole career. And it's yeah. just, there's so much like to even, explore with it. Even Dewdrop this year, because last year I debuted in Dewdrop and I only ended up doing one show because then we shut down. So mm-hmm. even coming back to that just a year after, it felt so different and just so much more comfortable. And I felt like I had so much more freedom and like, I was like, oh, this isn't bad. I can do this. <laughs> Not that stressful. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, so for something nice. like, for something like Dewdrop or Sugar Plum, which those roles, I mean, I'm presuming just based on the number of shows that have gone since um, Nutcracker premiered in the 50s they have had more interpreters than any other roles in the balancing canon like how are you kind of finding your own way through there do you have people that were role models for you or are your coaches guiding you through it like what was what's your process there with something that has been done every different way imaginable yeah I mean I feel like just from watching it the past four or five years being in the company like, I feel like whenever I'm watching something, I'm kind of subconsciously like thinking about how I would want to do it in the back of my head. So you mm-hmm. kind of 
build your own interpretation and your imagination just from watching it. Right. Mm. Um, and then I did watch some old videos of people and um, my coach was Rebecca Crone and I really trust her eye and she has really great things to say. Um, so she helped with that. And there were a couple of videos in particular that like there's this old video of Maria Calgary and she was like, you should mm. really watch this. It's really beautiful. Um, so oh, yeah. That's so great. I know that like, that's also um, Susie Pilar's go to, do drop video is the Maria Caligari. So I love, mm-hmm. love hearing that we're all on board with Maria. We love Maria. <laughs> yeah, she's beautiful. <laughs> well, that's helpful too. Cause like Michael said, I mean, you can go probably and get lost for hours and hours watching do drop videos. Right. So if someone tells you like, here's where to start, where, what mm-hmm. to kind of be looking mm-hmm. for, um, that can be really helpful, I'm sure. And I wonder too, like, um, there's so many specific moments in do drop that for me would be very scary. Like the turning moments, mm-hmm. um, and you were saying it felt more comfortable this year. Did you feel like you were able to kind of like enjoy those tricky moments too? Or was there still kind of some nervousness surrounding those moments, those big moments? Yeah. I mean, so I ended up having three shows of Dewdrop this season. So I think the first show, well, the first show happened on this day where like 10 people tested positive. So just, there was some bad energy in the theater. Right. So I felt like I didn't really enjoy that one, to be honest. Right, right. Because um, mm. I, I had like like five of the people were close contacts to me. So I was like, well, I have COVID. Right. And luckily I did not have right. COVID. But, okay. um, but I feel like definitely by the third one, like that was one of the most show, fun shows I've ever had. Like, I don't know what it was, just like being tired and being like, whatever, it's fine. But like, I feel like I didn't, I wasn't stressed out at all. Like, I mean, it's also like, there are, hard things but like you can do it and you can also like make it work with whatever happens mm-hmm. but yeah I had a lot of fun and I even I like came off stage in between entrances and I was like I'm having so much fun uh, and everyone was like right. yeah you were like beaming at us as you wanted to warn us <laughs> like we could tell <laughs> oh that's so funny I love um there was uh I think Lauren Johnson posted this and then I later found this book in my parents home where um it's just a, a little nutcracker book um and they have extended writings by Suzanne about Sugar Plum and Heather about Dewdrop. And Heather talks about how, she, I mean, at first I laughed because I was like, only someone who like has such a wide rep would just be like, oh, it's not really a thing. But Heather was like, I mean, it's not the hardest. No, it's nowhere near the hardest part I have to do. So, you know, <laughs> uh, but it just, is like when you... gets really, I think everyone just builds it up and gets really stressed. Right. Because it like it obviously it. it is hard and you you're really tired by the end, but you're not on stage right. for that long, actually. Right. You have those five entrances, but they're they're only like a few eights each. Mm-hmm. And the hardest thing is the turning sequence. But the turning sequence, you don't you only ever have to do well, I guess at the end you do what, four consecutive wet days? For before you're pull in? Yeah. Or uh, three? Yeah, three or three or four, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So if you Let's think about it, you're only on one leg. Yeah. If you're only on one leg for three times in a row like yeah that's like we can all do that like just in the yeah. same way that we every it, every day you wake it. up and do yeah yeah, yeah. we can like, all do that like i can strap up my point everyone, everyone does it <laughs> right but there's right. also so many moments so it, of freedom in between i feel like right i mean i've never danced yeah. it but when i watch it it's like there's freedom freedom moment and then like a stressful one and then a freedom one and then it's a little stressful one so it kind of once like you get past a, yeah once you get past the third entrance there's nothing technically hard so right then it's just fun. right <clears throat> yeah yeah Right. Okay, let's get into winter season. Firstly, maybe we'll talk for a second about your big premiere tomorrow, which was a little unexpected, but you'll be mm-hmm. performing in the first aria in Stravinsky Violin Concerto. 
yeah. which is of course an iconic role. Yeah. Um, so is this something that? You, uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, you're, I, I'm excited to see you in it. I'm coming on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and is this something that you were able to rehearse a lot? Because I, like I said, um, this was a later um, casting notice for mm-hmm. you. But um, what's the process been like there? Yeah. So luckily, um, Rebecca Crone teaches this role. She used to do it and she learned it from Karin and she actually started teaching it to me in the middle of Nutcracker. Um, and she was pretty transparent from the beginning that I wasn't probably going to be cast this season, but she was like, I want to teach it to you so you know it really well, just in case anything happens, because it's kind of one of those roles that the music is so complicated and there's right. so much happening that you can't really fake it. If mm. you don't know what you're doing, like you have to know all the counts and um, right. all the specific details. So I'm really grateful that she she worked with just me by myself without a partner during that cracker a bit to teach me all the steps. We even like went through the pot of dough just by myself um, to get a general idea. And then I didn't rehearse that. I'm dancing with Adrian and Jig Waring. And we didn't rehearse that together until last week. So we had like a week to get ready together. But honestly, I think it's like a week is enough time. I feel mm-hmm. fine about it. So Right. But I'm very glad that, that she part of this... took the time to prepare me. <laughs> and and to have that, um, you know, that sort of body to body, mind to mind connection, Karen to Becky to you, you know, like mm-hmm. you have that lineage. It's not just, you know, whoever. Not that you would yeah, just have no, whoever off the street. Teaching you. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, and um, we did. We went through and like in one of rehearsals, we watched a video of Karen together and just mm-hmm. kind of you know, looking at certain moments. And there are a couple of little things that um, Rebecca was like, Karin would always tell us to do this, but we didn't do it. But like, we're going to change it back now. <laughs> so just some little things to, you know, that's interesting. try to stay true to the original. Right. It's it's so great that you had that, op- that time during Nutcracker because just for our listeners who haven't danced a Stravinsky ballet, those counts are so complicated, right? There's like mm-hmm. a three and a seven and a mm-hmm. two. And it like, it doesn't always have a rhyme or reason in the way that yeah. something like, well, it's the flower, just because we're talking about it. It's so easy to pick up that music and also something everyone's very familiar with. So what kind of um, homework do you do personally to get to know the music and the counts? Do you go home and think about it? Do you write it down? What's your process there? Or do you just have a mind where you're like, you tell me I got it? <laughs> um, I do like to go and like watch a video at home to try to review mm-hmm. I don't write down the counts but I think definitely watching a video is helpful just to solidify everything hear it more and more yeah yeah I, I feel like this pot is really special because the the dancers are really the man and woman are viewed as equals kind of I know you know so much of Balanchine is really the man you know supporting the woman putting maybe putting her on a pedestal and you know allowing the woman to shine in that way but um you know originally done for Jean-Pierre and Karen it really is sort of like um I don't know it's not like a competition or a contest but there is a different sense of equality within it you know mm-hmm. um you you spend a lot of the the potada separated from one another there isn't a lot of you know it's not like you're doing supported pirouettes or like dead press lifts Mm -hmm. so is that something that is is different for you or um that you're enjoying exploring yeah i mean it's been i think that's also part of the reason that kind of throwing it together at the last minute didn't feel super stressful because you are Mm -hmm. partnering a little bit and there are some tricky moments but for a lot of the potato you aren't even touching um Mm -hmm. but yeah it's been 
really fun. I'm excited. Also, I think during the show, it'll feel completely different, like being on stage with the lighting and just us two. Um, and it's mm-hmm. fun to dance with Adrian. We did movements for piano and orchestra together. So I feel like we have some like Valentin Stravinsky experience that's right. maybe <laughs> helping us out a bit. Um, but yeah, it's been, I feel like I've never really done a part of the like this before. And you have like the acrobatic elements, which I didn't know right. if I could do a bridge or whatever, but I guess I can. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this might seem, but it is kind of funny like to think about that. Like, well, my nightmare was always when we had to do a cartwheel and it was always to the left for me in a Robbins ballet. But it's like you do all your bar every day and you do pirouettes and, you know, Grand Allegro. And that's like you can that's just in your back pocket. And then someone's like, Mira, OK, so here's where you just dive backwards and put your yeah. hands on the ground <laughs> into a bridge. It, was that something you could just like do on your own? I've seen versions where like the man stays longer and helps kind of. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, I'm doing it now. <laughs> I think <laughs> like I was able to get into the bridge and then you kind of have to, if you haven't seen Stravinsky, you kind of are like flipping over and rolling through the bridge. And for mm-hmm. some reason being upside down, I like couldn't figure out which hand was which and like how to move. And the first time I tried it, I just like collapsed to the floor. <laughs> <laughs> um, but once you know what you're doing it's fine so right Trial and error. but I, I think, right, <laughs> but I think, I think getting, up is, like a... getting up is the hardest part for me do you have to get up by yourself I'm not remembering the choreography specifically yeah I mean you're supposed yeah. to you the guy can always help you up if you bit. need it that's like massive right. ab strength like yeah and like I guess it's a lot of coordination too up. like yeah <laughs> couldn't be me uh. <laughs> When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Okay, so let's get to the main event. Um, you will be headlining. <laughs> Your name is on the marquee. Uh, you'll be doing the um, ba- big ballerina role for Justin's full evening premiere, Copeland Dance Episodes. Um, it's the first non-narrative full evening work at New York City Ballet since Jules. Um, let's rewind, I guess, to the be- what would be the beginning of this process unbeknownst to you when you first learned rodeo rodeo mm-hmm. is still in its entirety performed as the first section of copeland dance episode so um was this a ballet was rodeo ballet you know you guys learned so many things at new york city ballet and your 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 attention can be very divided so if you're like fourth or fifth down the line it's not necessarily something you're going to get to mm-hmm. um work on a lot 
uh, or, you know, it's oftentimes, like you said, with Becky teaching you Stravinsky it can be like, this is a for later thing. Know yeah. that we want you to do this eventually, but you know, mm-hmm. so you're called to it, but maybe you have other rehearsals that you're in. What, but what was the situation with rodeo? Did you ever have a chance to get to work on it before you knew that Copeland dance episodes, this big full evening was going to happen? Yeah. I mean, it was kind of the situation where I was called, but there were, I think three dancers who already performed it. And usually they only do two casts at a time. Um, And then there was also someone in front of me that understudied it. So it was a situation where I was super excited to learn it, but couldn't, didn't really anticipate doing it in the foreseeable future. Right. But did you get to work on it at all? Like, or was it just like a a back Um, in the room? I think it was like the back of the room. Like, I'm doing (laughs) Yeah, like if there are five minutes left, I think Craig Hall would be like, do you want to try something? Right. <laughs> but um, never really worked on it in depth. Mm-hmm. So right. tell us then when um, you guys started tackling the rest of the ballet, um, when Justin, yeah. Justin Peck got in the room with you guys and started mm-hmm. that. Yeah, so I think we actually started during fall season. Um, so a couple months ago now. And Justin started with this padada that is in the third section, the Billy the Kid section. Um, and he started, that was the first thing he made for the new ballet. And then we had an additional week of rehearsal before Nutcracker, where the only thing we did was work on this ballet. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really helpful and productive. And a lot of the ballet came together then. And then throughout Nutcracker, we were putting together the finishing um, touches on the ballet. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's been a long time now, but it's actually, it's been wonderful. Mm-hmm. I've never had this much time to work on a ballet. So right. I feel like we've all really been able to like evolve with the ballet. Right. Mm-hmm. At that point, when you first started rehearsals, um, were you were you getting to, to work a lot with Justin at this point? Um, I think the, the original leads were Sarah Mearns and Taylor Stanley. Mm-hmm. Who was who? Who were you working with uh, at the beginning of the process? Yeah. So originally, yes, it was being made completely on Sarah and Taylor, and we were just kind of in the back, like trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I think Russell's doing the second cast now, but he was kind of coming back from um, an injury, so he was kind of in and out. Uh, so it was just us understudies in the back, like trying to grasp at something and like right. frantically trying to pick up the steps. Because um, I, I feel like I haven't actually worked with Justin um, in depth much. Like I've been a part of, I've understudied a lot of his new ballets and because I was in Principia um, and I've done a couple of his ballets, but we haven't really worked like one-on-one closely much. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's always like a little stressful when especially when you're understanding something like Sarah and she just makes Mm -hmm. everything like look amazing and great on the first go around because she's such an incredible artist um and you're just like trying to get the steps and get the details and there's like so much happening Mm -hmm. um so for a while it was mostly just working with Sarah and Taylor and then I think during Nutcracker was kind of when he started turning towards the second cast and Mm -hmm. um Sarah ended up, she's dealing with some injuries and some personal things. So then we ended up having a lot of time to work on it. And I worked on it with Russell and Taylor and Justin kind of started tweaking it for me. And we like redid, redid one of the solos. Um, he's made some changes to even rodeo, like the little solo and the parada. Um, so it really feels like it feels um, 
like mine now. Like it feels comfortable mm-hmm. for me, which is nice. That's that was what I was thinking while you, while you were talking about. It. I was like, oh gosh, like thinking about being in the studio with Justin when we have um, been able to do that and seeing what the work that he does for the principal. So often he plays off of their strengths or what they can do, mm-hmm. and some of the things they do is just like a crazy thing that's for them. And then the second cast mm-hmm. is kind of like trying to pick that up. And so I wonder what some of the things were that he brought to you that to make it like your personal touch once he once he was able to make some of those changes. Yeah. Well, I think in the beginning, I was just trying to do the steps. Mm -hmm. um, And he kept on saying, like, every step has to have more intention and Mm -hmm. more thought behind it. Um, And like, now looking back, I totally get what he meant. I was just kind of like plowing through and trying to like be on the right counts and (laughs) all of that. So I think we really worked a lot on like the intention and the motivation behind each step. Mm -hmm. Um, And we did end up, I think also because he made this Padada section, the Billy the Kid Padada first, by the time he was revisiting it with me, he'd made the rest of the ballet. So I think it was like, he was maybe able to conceptualize the whole thing as the mm-hmm. bigger picture. And then we were able to go back mm-hmm. and like one of the solos we did, we kind of completely redid and we took a couple little things, but I think just in the full picture, it wasn't flowing the way that he wanted right. it to. Huh. So we, we were able to go back and revise. Was there anything like that done to rodeo as well? Like thinking about a section of the ballet that was really well established, has been performed many times and across mm-hmm. the world. And so was there kind of some similar stuff done to rodeo then? I mean, I think the basic structure of rodeo is the same. There mm-hmm. are some little changes to the solo, but probably not things that, I mean, Michael staged rodeo, so he right. might not notice, but <laughs> not, <laughs> he probably not has to keep crazy. it. Yeah. yeah, not anything crazy. <laughs> yeah. So. I, I'm, I'm really um, interested in the fact that Billy the Kid, that central, really important part of um, in terms of the emotional arc of the ballet. I just had the chance to watch the Vimeo uh, uh, full rehearsal of it. So I'm kind of digesting the work myself. Yeah. Um, and to be honest, a lot, I think a lot has changed since, because that, oh, that really? video was from okay. like the middle of December, right? Oh. Right, yeah. Um, but this part is really, it is like the linchpin of the ballet in its emotional arc. So mm-hmm. I think it's... It's interesting that he started with that, but when when you guys started with that, did he kind of were you, was he just creating steps, or did he give you an idea about where you were in the course of the evening, or like what what the greater meaning of the work was that Padada? Um, from what I'm remembering, like he may have given us kind of a vague um, outline in the beginning, but. I think it wasn't at least for me until recent until recently when we started working on it more in depth that he did get really specific about the um, emotional arc and mm-hmm. like all the feelings behind it. And I did ask him and he said I can he said he's trying to be a bit more elusive about it and not share uh-huh. from his perspective. But I can share like what my experience in it has been. Yeah. Um, so should I give you like a rundown of my arc? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Let's let's, let's talk. <laughs> I think actually you start with rodeo. Um, some dancers in the cast have actually asked me recently, like what, like, what is the story of your character? And I've told them and then they're like, oh, wow, that makes so much sense. Like, I feel like I have new things to look for. So I feel like it could be interesting for an audience member to mm-hmm. kind of know sure. what's Let's hear um, So it's basically the relationship between Taylor and myself is kind of the through line of the whole ballet. And the ballet kind of ends up charting the length of the relationship. So I think rodeo starts and to me, it feels very playful and 
energetic and fun and optimistic. And we go off stage doing this series of jumps on a diagonal. And then when we come into the second section, which is Appalachian Springs, we enter doing the same step. And we kind of have this repeated diagonal of doing this step throughout the stage, almost like we're going off stage and circling back around, just continually doing it in a loop. And Justin gave us the imagery that that's like each year, each, each time we come across the stage, another year has gone by. So it's like time is passing and what started out with so much energy and so full out and so exciting starts to like lose its sparkle a little bit. It starts to get a little more marked. The energy is like seeping out a little bit Um, just as kind of like a relationship as it goes on in time might evolve. And then on one of my passes, they break off and they go one way and I go the other way and I'm alone. And the next time I come on, I'm kind of confused and trying to figure out what happened and where I am. And for the tallest women in the company come out, we've been calling a section like the tallies. <laughs> um, and Justin one day said that, which I really liked that when they come out, it's kind of like my emotional armor, mm-hmm. um, which I was like, that's a really cool thing to think about. Um, kind of like protecting yourself and yeah. Anyways, I thought that was cool. But basically, you continue on. And in the third section, you see each other again. And um, right before our parada is a solo for Harrison Cole. And Justin told us that section was called Dinner Party for One. So it's kind of the idea of like, if you're by yourself and you go to a restaurant and you're just content being there by yourself, Mm -hmm. you're not trying to, you're not lonely, you're not looking for someone to join you, you're just enjoying your time there. And we're kind of watching him wishing we could have that and be content on our own. And then we see each other and we're trying to make it work still. But you can see in the choreography, like literally the pieces, we're trying to fit the pieces together and it keeps on breaking down. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's like kind of the culmination of this big fight. And then we have these solos where the other person is still on stage with us. And um, the solos are very internal, but also directed towards your partner. And that kind of feels like after a fight, like sorting through the emotions, like what just happened? What are the implications of this? Um, Mm. And then maybe I shouldn't reveal the ending, but (laughs) that's kind of like a little bit of the arc. Got to get tickets Mm. to see the, see what the ending is. I hope that made some kind of sense. It's so interesting. I, yeah, I, I love it. I think it, it was, but I mean, it, this is, we, you couldn't have an, an, a full evening work that didn't have some sort of emo- emotional journey. Yeah. yeah um, no, and I, I mean, to be I, clear, like there's no, there's no story and like anyone watching mm-hmm. could have a different story, but this is kind of just what I'm thinking. Your interpretation. Right. Of it. Yeah. Right. I mean, the first time I saw you guys do that step that it that, um, leads you out of rodeo, you definitely get that um, th- that idea of the passage of time or uh, of a journey of like traveling of, mm-hmm. you know, um, so- a continuation of something. It's not just like, oh, well, we're doing this step again. There is something that makes you know that these are these dancers are are people experiencing a relationship over time or like a journey through time. And yeah. I really enjoy that motif continuing and it helps link Appalachian spring to mm-hmm. rodeo. Yeah. Cause um, I guess what we didn't say this in the beginning, but Appalachian Springs is kind of like an inverse of rodeo. 
the rodeo mm-hmm. has, I believe it's 15, that might be wrong, but a large cast of male company dancers and the one female. And then Appalachian Springs is all the women and one mm-hmm. male who in the first cast will be Chen Wei. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's kind of how those two are also related in that way. Oh, interesting. It's so funny because, Michael, when you were bringing up like um, non-narrative work since Jules, like Justin must have, not to get into his mind, but because you two are the through line throughout the ballet, there he must want it to be open to interpretation where you can mm-hmm. develop a story if you wanted mm-hmm. to, right? Or else it would be like Jules mm-hmm. where it's just like bing, bang, boom, completely different stories yeah. each time. Right. So what you're saying certainly makes sense. And yeah. and I wonder and I too, be- you can- no, no, no. So I was just gonna say, I think, I mean, hopefully you can definitely feel the, some story. And like, I think mm-hmm. it will be like really emotional when we actually do it. Um, and like, mm-hmm. I was like, you can really yeah, like, I, especially getting to dance opposite of Taylor. Like they are just so like emotionally open as a dancer. And I mm-hmm. feel like looking in Taylor's eyes, I can see so much and they're just so open yeah. that mm-hmm. I think that's been really wonderful to get to play off of and like hopefully bring something new out of me. Right. That. Yeah. That, that ending is absolutely it. It, I, at first I was surprised and like very heartbroken, but then you consider the, the arc of the whole evening and you're like, this makes total sense. I had to rewatch it. I was like, cause mm-hmm. it was just like, wait, what? Wait, that's, yeah. what, that's how we're ending this. Yeah. Well, Justin also but gave it's... us a quote that I think is maybe on the front um, drop, I guess I, mm-hmm. this I might butcher it, but it was something like the only way through is the only way out is through. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's, it's in the, the market no, I think, for the ballet. Yes. Yes. I think that that also is, yeah, like a theme of the ballet. The only way out is through. You have to continue forward. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you guys have really teased it because now I'm like, what happens at the end? But I think, well, you'll tell me offline after this. But Mira, thank you so much for chatting with us. Married to you this week. Tell us what days you're performing this thank week you. and then other things you're doing in winter season for our listeners who want to get those tickets. Yeah. So I am in Stravinsky on the 17th and the 19th. And then my numbers start getting fuzzy, but the next week I'm doing Stravinsky on Wednesday. And then the Copeland premieres on Thursday. And then I'll be dancing it on Saturday night as well. Mm-hmm. We only get casting two weeks in advance, but I'll be doing two more shows of the Copeland at some point. Um, yeah. I, I have to, before we round out, make one more, one plug for myself related to, <laughs> to dance episodes. Sadly, Mira can't be, will not be joining me uh, at the Inside NYCB um, event that's Monday, January 23rd. I think originally she was going to, but then, oops, she has to do the premiere and we have to let her focus on more important things. But um, this was this was great for me. This was great prep for me for that event. So anyone that would like to hear more about Copeland Dance episodes, it's Monday, January 23rd at 6.30 p.m. at the David H. Koch Theater. And um, so we can prime you for the premiere even more. We all want to see Mira on this historic uh, night. And yeah. So we're putting tickets for Michael's thing in the description of this episode in case anyone would like to go to the inside New York City Ballet. Thank you, Mira, so much for your time. As always, we love seeing you, Mared. We know you'll be beautiful. Thanks. Thanks, Mira. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.